Hello, and welcome to the Politic Podcast, our new series about the Ward 1 election, which is currently sweeping the campus and knocking on your doors, whether you like it or not. My name is Anthony Carews, and I am joined today by Maddie Colbert. Hi, everyone. And Simone Seaver. Hi, listeners. In this week's podcast, entitled Fake Fishes, we will be reviewing the Democratic primary debate, going over canvassing, predicting who is going to win this primary, and then concluding with our rumor mill. Let's get started. I'm excited, yeah. Last Wednesday was the Democratic primary debate. Who do you two think won and performed better at that debate? Well, I mean, I think it comes down to how people respond to Fish's aggressiveness, right? I mean, I personally was kind of turned off by how aggressive he was being towards Sarah. To me, it seems like he was a bully. But then I was talking to my sweet mate, and she thought it was, like, the most impressive performance she'd ever seen, and he seemed really prepared. The most impressive performance (laughs) ever. In the world. (laughs) Uh, Like, politically. Fish for president. Yeah. Um, And that swayed her. And a lot of other people I've talked to, like, he seemed really impressed and uh, on his game while well, she seemed less invested. But for me, he just sounded, he was like too aggressive. So I would pick Sarah as the winner. Yeah. You know, I think, I think fish won though. I'll go for the fish because I think what Sarah needed to do that she didn't do was come out looking very different than she had before. I think one of the criticisms that we've heard over and over again of Sarah is that she's the incumbent. She's gotten too comfortable in the seat. She doesn't even go to Yale anymore. Um, I think if she had come out with some more um, aggressive commentary and um, a, really a plan to take this position to a different place than she has over the past years, um, I think people would have responded better to that. So I'm going to notch this one for Fish. Would you have liked to hear that Sarah said she would be around more in the next couple of years? Because I know that's her biggest criticism. I don't think there was mention of it in the debate. Like her addressing her criticism? Is that what you, mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe. It would have been nice. I think factually it would be nice if she was around more. I think we'd all like that more. I mean, it's kind of a risk, right, to, like, admit to your biggest criticism. Like, she would – I feel like that would be a gamble for her to do. Yeah, I I agree. But I think that – like, look at the audience. Like, look at the people who are voting. I think Yale students respond well to humility and respond well to um, realism. So I think if she had been honest and um, addressed that, I think people would have really liked that. I would have really liked that. I think also for Fish, if Fish had addressed his criticism head on, I don't think the audience would have responded to that as them looking weak or, you know. Which criticism of Fish are you talking about? Well, mainly, I mean, the thing I keep hearing about Fish is that Fish is a career politician, you know, under the age of 21, if that's possible, (laughs) because of his his dad and his family's past, um, and that he's too polished and too uptight, um, you know, too calculated, all that given his his family background. I think if he had addressed that, that would have been interesting. Yeah, I think that definitely is one of his, like, something we hear a lot, um, people saying about him who are on Sarah's side. And I feel like one way, like, his best tactic is to address that and, like, be like, I actually care about New Haven. Like, whatever you guys say, I actually really care about this place. He, Yeah, I think he probably could have done that more. I feel like that would have been stronger. I definitely think Fish tries to show how much he loves New Haven, but at the same time, he needs to constantly be aware that the criticism of the career politician is following him, whether he likes it or not. Um, And he should try to address that because those are always what his detractors are going to bring up. And I think 
addressing that fact in a debate or while he's canvassing will ultimately do more good for him than it'll hurt him. Though I do give props to Sarah. Like, I don't think Sarah ever, like, criticized him of that. Like, she never was like, I don't think you care about the New Haven community. I, like, I think that was really good of her. It's he more does like care. that, like, average person who I've heard say that. Like, just a random student, right? That being said, would you guys give any advice to the candidates? I think they need to talk to the media more. I think that, especially for Sarah, whose criticism is that she's nowhere to be seen, what better way than to be seen than to give an interview to the politic or to anyone <laughs> who's willing to listen to her talk? Like just, a podcast? Yeah, or? like maybe like a podcast. Like maybe she could come talk to some great people about what's going on. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can't cloister yourself off when you're running an election. The media is a part of it, and it's a way, it's, you know, it's, it's for both sides. It's for readers and listeners, and it's also for her to spread her, her message, and she can, you know, say what she wants to say. But I just feel like we don't really know Sarah because she's been so hesitant to talk to the media, um, and, and, you know, she perpetu- perpetuates her own criticism in that way. Mm, yeah. Yeah, actually, after Sarah's people canvassed my door yesterday, I got an email from Sarah Idelson with her phone number asking if I have any questions about the race. And, you know, w- whatever happens in the Democratic primary, if she wins, she'll know she'll be getting a call to come on the Politic Podcast. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Um, I think my advice would be maybe lay off some of the canvassing. Because I... I, like last night, I remember I was talking to some people, and our dorm had been canvassed like six times, and they were just so frustrated by Sarah because I think it was Sarah's people who would come like a lot, um, and I think that really turned a couple people off. Like I was getting like slightly annoyed. Like I, I guess I already really knew who Sarah was, and I, I'm not the target audience who like doesn't know who she is. Um, that's addressed in canvassing, but I think it alienates some people, right? Were any of those canvassers students currently in your dorm? No, but interestingly, one was another ward alder, um, which was cool because he, like, really gave an impressive speech about the merits of Sarah. So that was actually really smart. Uh, I was, like, very swayed by his speech. You know, you know what I'm just waiting to have happen is to have someone, someone who's getting canvassed call Yale Security and say that there's people <laughs> in their dorm who aren't Don't in live that there. Dorm. Because, I mean, isn't that the role and responsibility of Yale Security to remove them? Maybe one of them lives there. Like, I don't know everyone Maybe. in my dorm. Like, yeah. It's entirely possible. Yeah, yeah n- n- neither the people that came to my door were current Yale students. That's a problem. That's a problem. And But one thing is, I was able to glance at their canvassing form. And I think the reason why you see them so much is they have to put a check or a note but basically, if you're undecided, if you for sure are going to vote for them, and if there's someone registered as a Democratic Democrat, primary yeah. voter that they don't see when they knock on your door, they will keep coming back until they see that person face-to-face. Wow. They are serious about this. Well, they should be. They no. should be. But it, they don't need to harass students. I, I mean, it's inspiring like how much they care, but I think they need to like be careful about it because I think people are getting mad. I agree. And I guess my last piece of advice, this would actually be for Fish, is I think he can communicate a little bit better um, with the Yale constituents. And I'm specifically talking about in the debate, he's constantly dropping New Haven terminology all over the place. And what, what I mean by this is in the debate, he mentioned that he supports the Malik proposal. 
which I have no clue what the yeah. real proposal is, and, and he drops I- endorsements. And the problem is I think he needs to explain to the Yale students what these initiatives are because, I mean, the whole point of his campaign is he's supposed to look accessible to people. Mm-hmm. And if he's not phrasing these terms uh, in a way that Yale students understand, I think that's ultimately working against him. I agree. I yeah. agree. I think the other the corollary criticism is that they need to pick their battles. Like that debate listed probably 12, 15 issues that they'd be lucky to get one of them, some progress on one of them. And also issues that they have literally no control over, like divestment. Um, or the um, yeah, the student contribution to financial aid. Like, yeah. what That's does Ward One Alder have control over that? I don't think so. No, Yale is a private institution, not beholden to a public official elected to the Ward One position. Like that is a YCC slash, you know, Yale Corporation decision making process that the Ward One Alder, yeah, can go out and speak out in favor of. But at the end of the day, it doesn't have that much more sway than just any other student who's going to run a campaign. I just have to say. If the Ward 1 Alder does not fix national campaign finance, <laughs> I'm going to be very disappointed. Yeah. I was promised things. I was promised things. I want those promises. Yeah. I, I, I think essentially it, it's kind of like they're running for – they're running a presidential campaign for Ward 1 Alder is, is I think – that's a pretty good way to put it. Yeah, a lot of topics were covered in the debate that I don't think are actually Ward 1 issues. I mean, I think they're just trying to appeal to the voter base and, like, show that they're really on their side and they agree on everything. Um, But what's interesting is they don't really disagree on much of anything. No, they said that. Yeah. They said that, right? Yeah, he he, he actually – no, Fish said it. He he said during the debate that there are no substantive differences – between Sarah and I on policy. Interesting. So the approach, I remember this now, he said the approach was, like, what changed them, like how they would attack the job is right. what their difference is. Yeah, Fish is promoting himself as a Yale student. Mm. And one of those differences he mentioned was that he was not going to take up a leadership position um, within the Board of Alders. Oh, right. Which but Sarah if, currently holds. Yeah, but that's, doesn't, a, that's a difference. That's a major difference. Yeah. But if he doesn't take a leadership position, I'm beginning to worry that campaign finance will be solved. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's kind of a tricky issue. I think Sarah's response to that was really good, um, which he probably should have anticipated, right? That, that she was like, I'm a New Haven citizen. Like, of course, I'm going to get involved in the leadership. But... Yeah, I don't know. I think they should, like, explain, or Fish should explain his, like, reasoning for that more. Yeah. I don't even think the question is whether you're a New Haven resident or you're not when when they're arguing whether there should be someone in leadership. At the end of the day, Yale is such an important, influential part of New Haven in terms of the economics of this area, you know, in terms of employing people and, and providing, you know, sustenance to downtown businesses and rental space and all that. If the Ward 1 Alder actually does represent that within the Board of Alders, um, within those 30 Alders, then it it would make sense for the Ward 1 Alder, if he or she desired it and was up for the work, to to take on a leadership role. I think it was was really not smart for Fish to say categorically that the Ward 1 Alder, you know, should not serve in a leadership position. So I'm curious. I want to ask you to a... Would you rather question? <laughs> okay. Let's hear it. Would you rather have the Ward 1 Alder be a Yale student who's very keyed into New Haven 
or a New Havener very keyed into Yale? Yale student, keyed into New Haven. Because even just the split of what's being represented in Ward 1, I think it's something like 800 downtown residents and far many more um, students. So, you know, there's that balance. And I think you can have a student who's keyed into New Haven. I don't think you need to necessarily be a New Haven resident to, to you know, an outer New Haven resident to be keyed into the, the issues of the city and what's going on. And also just accessibility. I think a student, you know, who lives on campus is far more reachable than someone uh, who's living off campus. Yeah, I mean, I guess it just depends what you want the role of Ward 1 Alder to be, um, which is a debate that Fish and Sarah seem to be having. But if the job is, as Fish describes, to bring the Yale students in the Yale community into the into New Haven, it probably should be a student, right? Or it's probably better for it to be a student. I don't see any harm in it being a New Haven resident because that brings another strength that a Yale student will never have, like knowing more of the community, having more time here. Like Sarah's been here for like seven years. So I don't really have like a definitive answer because it just depends on what you want the role of the Ward 1 Alder to be. And I, that depends on who's pitching it to you. We've talked a little bit about Fish and Sarah, their performance and the debate, canvassing. But now what I want to ask is, who do you think is actually going to win on the primary election this Wednesday? Oh, man. I think this is a tough one. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm going to put, I'm going to say Fish. And my reasoning for that is I think he's doing a better job of mobilizing the young voter, a.k.a. freshman. Um, I, th- I, think he, I think at the end of the day, like, he's going to get so many votes from kids who have never voted before in an election here in New Haven um, because he's really, he's really reached out to them. I think, you know, Sarah is going to get a lot of repeat voters, but I think Fish has done a better job of registering new voters and getting younger voters. Has he registered a lot of the freshmen? It seems like it. It seems like that's what his motivation has been recently, like at um, the extracurricular fairs and, and academic fairs and all those fairs that we have. He keeps putting out a table, um, and it seems like a lot of the people within his team are freshmen and sophomores, and freshmen and sophomores have lots of friends. So I'm going to put my vote in for Fish. Freshmen and sophomores do a lot of friends. They do. Not those jaded <laughs> juniors and seniors. I will say, though, if I was asked that question about a week ago, I would say that I was 90% sure Fish was going to win this election. Now I would say I'm about 60% sure he's going to win. Because just over this past weekend, Sarah's canvassers have been absolutely wild. (laughs) I mean, coming, they're, they're everywhere. They're in every courtyard. They're in every entryway. Wow, they're... There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. And they seem to be very confident that they're having a big influence on the Yale community. I think Sarah could win. I think her performance in the debate did sway some people. I don't know. Once again, I'm the minority thinking this, that she did well and like better in the debate. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'll go 60-40, Fish, Sarah. Yeah. That, that's kind of a cop out, but I'm doing it. I love to take these numbers to Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. Betting on public elections is illegal. <laughs> oh but, wow! And so soon. Ah. And with with whoever wins this election, we know that waiting for them is Ugana, who's going to be the Republican candidate. So who he's do just we, been chilling. Like yeah, he's, he's not chilling. Doing he had a recycling <laughs> event the other day. <laughs> oh really? I think it was pizza and recycling. Wow. Oh, I, that sounds great. I would where totally go. Advice? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anywhere with free pizza, we're there. We're mm-hmm. there. But 
who do you think would have a better chance of winning against Uganda? Because I can tell you the democratic community in New Haven is scared um, by, Uganda. by Uganda's campaign. And w- which person, Sarah or Fish, would have a better chance of beating Uganda? That's a tough That's one. That's so hard. Um, I mean, I guess Fish's appeal is that he's a Yale student, so he knows Marielle's, which Uganda naturally has because he also goes here. But maybe Sarah seems more genuine to certain people, which is also Ghana's one of his strengths, right? I don't really know him that well, but from what I've heard. I think Sarah's got those entrenched union contacts that could rally around her big time in the general election. Ooh, unions. Whereas Fish is not going to have any of that. Um, He might, but Sarah definitely has them, you know key and lock so I don't know I don't know I, I'm leaning towards Sarah on this one I think Sarah has more connections that will propel her through the general election if she wins the primary I do think if Fish wins the primary though it will split some of the it'll it'll split the Yale voter base a little bit more um, between Fish and Uganda but, but who knows I mean if Sarah ends up running as an independent uh, which she may, which, which, which she, she addressed in the debate. Which she may, then probably if, if Fish wins, that'll be the, the best case scenario for Uganda, assuming that Sarah runs as an independent. That would be crazy. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, she didn't answer that question in the debate. She skillfully jumped around it, so it, anything could happen. Yeah. I have no idea <laughs> if she's going to run as a third party. All right, well, with that, we'll move to my favorite segment... The rumor mill. <laughs> uh, okay, start us off, Anthony. Well, the first rumor is is not something I've been hearing from people in in the Yale community. It's something I've been seeing. There are fake fish starks running around campus. And now you understand the name. Everyone. Fake fishes. <laughs> that this that is why this is entitled fake fishes. Can you explain that a little better, Anthony? Where are these fishes? What are they doing? What I mean is one day I'm just working on old campus. I'm I'm doing some reading and I look up, okay? There's like six people who look exactly like fish stark walking around. What does that mean? It means they're wearing reefer sandals. It means they have bowl cuts. And they're just walking around. They literally, I've taken, I've taken pictures, if anyone wants to find me, of these people who look exactly like fish. Everyone contact Anthony for the photos <laughs> that he frequently took a photo. Come on, you two have to have seen them. I have Did not you? seen them. I don't believe you. Do you think fish is behind this? I don't know, it's but, but it seems like a good canvassing technique if he <laughs> it is. Does, it this does. is very effective. This yeah. is very Facial effective. recognition. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Hair recognition. <laughs> now I'll see them all. Like, now that I've said it, I don't believe they exist. I think you will. I think you will. Everywhere. I think you will. <laughs> he should use them to canvas is what he should do. Fish should find them. Maybe he is. Oh, it's already happened. It might already be happening. Oh. I don't know. Well, I, I know maybe the fake fishes aren't canvassing, but I know apparently yesterday Fish's mom came into town and, and was canvassing for him, which is pretty neat. Is this oh, true? Wait, that's rumor. so cute. It's true. It's, it's a rumor it's that a was rumor later that's been verified. Wow. That shouldn't adorable. be in the rumor mill. No. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so cute. I like that. I like Me that. Me too. Apparently, it's a family affair. my mom. Yeah. I'm jealous. <laughs> Good for him. All right, so do we have any rumors about Sarah? Mm-hmm. Nope. 
No regrets at there. all. None. So, so is that is that a bad thing if we can't think of a rumor about Sarah? If you're not on the rumor mill, is that a bad thing? Are you even like, alive? Are you even running in the selection if you don't have a rumor about you? I don't know. I haven't heard anything. <laughs> it's probably a good sign. We'll see. Oh, man. I don't know. Maybe. We'll, we'll see. Who, whoever wins this week, we'll be sure there will be some juicy rumors about them for the next Politic Podcast. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Okay. Um... So I think that concludes the rumor mill, right, guys? Doesn't just conclude the rumor mill, but also the episode. So thank you so much for tuning in. This has been the first episode of the Politic Podcast. My name is Anthony Carews with Simone Siever, Maddie Holbert, and we'll see you next week.